Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com slash unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. This episode of In The Moment was recorded in May of 2021. On today's episode, Tony chats with director Claire Kilner, who directed three episodes of the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, premiering August 21st. They talk about the likeness of directors and actors, figuring it out, and the importance of trusting your own process. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to today's episode of In The Moment Podcast with my good friend and director extraordinaire, Claire Kilner. Hello. Hi, Claire. Hi. So Claire, Claire is zooming in from London where she quarantined, although she was just telling me she was she got vaxxed. And I mean, we should just start off with why are you in London? I'm in London to shoot three episodes of the um, Game of Thrones uh, prequel, House of the Dragon. What? We should put in a dragon noise right here. <laughs> <laughs> Did, you, did everybody hear that? Wow. So yeah, it's the game with me because I'm sworn to secrecy about everything. So I'm, I'm that's right. We can't really talk about it too much, probably. But whoa. So it's the Game of Thrones prequel. Yes. Is that what it would be called? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Set um, two to three hundred years before Game of Thrones began the first, whoa. Episode, the first season. And was that, that wasn't written though as a book, right? So this is all just created from somebody's imagination or was there a book no, that it's taken from a part of a book that George R. R. Martin wrote so... oh okay I don't and, even and then know adapted that. and then adapted wow. yeah okay so I'm sure like all the Game of Thrones geeks and nerds and lovers of you know I mean I love Game of Thrones but I'm not as much of a purist I never read the books or anything like that so I it's all new to me um so when do you start filming? Well, I start filming in um, July. Uh, normally, we don't have this much prep. Normally, you know, I mean, I just did the finale of Snowpiercer and, you know, you have six days. I did two episodes. You have six days prep for each episode and then you're in. So this is, a, you know, it's like making three mini movies in a way, yeah. you know, because I've got episodes four, five and nine. And you also have to, what's, you know, the challenge is that you've got to really know those character arcs, you know, for all those episodes that you aren't shooting as well. Yeah, because it's not like you can watch them ahead of time because they, they were filmed. When did they actually start, start? Have they started already? They've actually started shooting um, one of the episodes already, yeah. Wow, okay. And are you, you're not, you don't really need to go visit set or anything either, do you really? Like, I mean, I guess you could, but... I mean, in I've, I've popped yeah. down you know um, you know my office is in the studio so oh, it's cool okay 
the sets lit. I mean, they're absolutely stunning and huge. The so, sets? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I bet that's like surreal. It is. I mean, it's really interesting, you know, because blocking, you know, you have to really think differently about how you're going to block and work with the actors in those spaces, you know, like walking to the window, you know, could take you like five minutes. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> You're like, well, we better stretch this dialogue to get us all the way from point A to the window. That's hilarious. Can you guys take a lot of long beats before you're like, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, wow. So, Claire, how, like, let's just talk about your journey that got you here. I mean, that's it's awesome. That's incredible. Are you the only female director on, or no, are there, no, there's, there's another woman um, called Geeta Patel who's doing episode eight. Oh, cool. Okay. Great. Um, and I mean, just one last Game of Thrones question and we'll talk about like where you got to, but like, and also like you had told me earlier, so this is all new characters in a way, right? Cause it's not, yes, all it's new not the main characters we saw, the younger versions of them or anything like that. No. Okay, wow. You know, yeah. And that there was already, cause I mentioned that I had a student who I don't know if he ended up shooting it, but he had booked one of the Game of Thrones prequels and they shot a pilot, but that didn't go, right? Because they, they have shot yes. a few or just one or they had... I think they shot one and it didn't go. Um, you know, and this is a different story with different showrunners. Isn't that crazy? It just goes to show you in Hollywood, it's just, it never ends, right? The biggest yes. show in the history of, of television the history of probably whatever and everything and they you shoot a pilot for a prequel that regardless you would think would be just a green light right because it's and yet it didn't it's so yeah. I know I think that's so hard I know one of the actors who was in that as well and I just it's hard you know I mean yeah, that it's, is hard you shoot it you put your heart and soul into it and then nothing and no one sees it you know it's completely under wraps but you know. That's but, right, you're right. Yeah. No, it doesn't get sent out into the world. So the yeah. actor who's thinking this is gonna be their big break or a, they're finally gonna be known outside their living room. <laughs> 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 nope, not yet. Go yeah. ahead, sorry, but but go ahead. No, 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 that's all I was saying. I mean, but, ha but having worked for a, a lot in this past five years, I just find that, you know, the experience of making the show is, I don't know, right. it's, it's more rewarding than the show being out there, weirdly. Do you know what I mean? But it's that's like, it, but that, you know, that is incredibly valuable, just that experience. But Claire, that is really the thing, right? Like I'm always, you know, you know, because you've come in guest directed at the studio a couple of times and your husband works, <laughs> I mean, it, it, uh, studies at the school and, um, I hear he just got a job, by the way. I'm like really excited for him. First yeah. audition and he got it. I, just I know. And he was so nervous. Remember, it was, we were having dinner and he's like, I got to go home and learn my lines. And then he got it. I love it. But I guess my point is, is the thing that we, again, our culture and especially in this business, because it's so much about the um, the visibility of something, the promotion of something, the media saturation of the thing that once you're done with the thing, it's kind of like 
well, first of all, it's out of your hands, but also I don't know if that's, I mean, I guess maybe promoting it a little bit can be fun, but that's not the real, the real creative stuff is figuring it out and problem solving and being with the director and, you know, having these instinctual wild moments. And like, once it's in the can, it's done. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I think I love that you said that. It, it's, I think we forget that that's the real reason why we're doing it is the moment. Yeah, because it's just, I mean, it's, you know, one show could get great reviews and the other terrible reviews, but you might have enjoyed making the one that had terrible more than the other one. <laughs> I know. Isn't that ironic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the show you hated gets picked up for season two and you're oh. like, oh, I don't even want to do it. Yeah, you know, it's really, it can be treacherous in that regard. So I, I'm always trying to advocate like, you know, for actors, the real work is the work. It's not once we're done with the work, you know, it's the, it's really creating in the moment, like all things in life, right? Yeah. Right. But we're, we're taught to live for that future thing, like whatever comes after, but I don't, I don't know. We don't know what comes after. So, but so let's talk about, it. so Claire and I have known each other for like, God, like 15 years, Claire and yeah. I met we were at Pete's Coffee or somewhere in Larchmont, both of us writing and working on our computers, writing feverishly. And, and then I think I, I just leaned over. Or I went up to her and I was like, hi, are you a writer or something like that, right? And then we said how it happened and we started talking. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, yeah. and had you just moved to LA? Yeah, my husband and I had just moved to LA um, with our three-year-old daughter and I wow. had got a movie that was meant to be shooting in India. And um, my husband used to be a radio producer and he was like, and we were like, you know, let's just do it. Let's, cause we were meant to shoot in India and do post-production in, in LA. So we gave up our flat, gave up jobs. Let's do it three days before the movie fell apart. And we we're like- I oh. remember that. I, I remember this movie in India. I rem I just, I'd forgotten it until just now. And we were like, <laughs> bloody hell, we've told everyone we're going to LA. We just kind of have to still go to LA. <laughs> and we've been there ever since. <laughs> oh my God. Did that movie ever get made? It did. I can't remember the name of it, but it wasn't very good. <laughs> yes, payback is a bitch. <laughs> That's what they get for like dropping. Well, it's not like they dropped you, but movies fall apart all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> It was it was to do with the DGA. I was a DGA and, and they wanted to do it non-DGA. And uh, you know, the manager said, You just can't do this. You know, you'll yeah. get chucked out of the DGA or something. So yeah. So wow. So your journey has been so you you are a writer as well, and you were writing stuff. I know you had shot you shot a movie around that time though. After that fell apart, you shot something that you wrote, right? Or was that before that a comedy? Yeah, no, no, I I didn't shoot. No, I, I mean, I initially wrote and directed my first feature, Janice Beard, 45 words per minute, but I'd done that prior. And then uh -huh. I done um, The Wedding Date and How to Deal. The for... Wedding Date, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I just, it was weird. I just didn't work for a long time. I was involved with a lot of projects, you know, directed them in my head, <laughs> but never directed them for real, you know? Yeah, so it was, I remember. Yeah. I remember this is around 2003, 2004, right? I remember. And then it's just like anything, right? You think like, oh, my career is going to take off or, you know, because it was a, a pretty big movie, right? Was yeah. it? Yeah. The studio yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. 
and and then you're like, oh, now I'm looking for work. But but look at where we are now. Like, right? You just keep on keeping on. I think that's why you're inspiring to me. And like you use the time to keep writing and pushing your things forward and growing as a director. Like I think also actors sometimes think that, you know. I think actors think that directors know all things and directors don't. Directors are just like actors figuring it out, right? Every job, I'm nervous. Every job, I'm like, you know, I called my friend up the other day and he's like, have you got imposter syndrome again? <laughs> because yeah, I'm nervous because I don't know the actors yet. You know what I mean? And yes. their relationships are so special with the actors, you know, and you've got to learn how each actor works and who they are so quickly. It's like the most nerve wracking bit is before you meet them. Then when you've met them, it's great because you actually know, you know, who you're dealing with and you have a relationship to work on. Well, it's also harder, I think, maybe for you, Claire, because you're not, you're not the source of the material. You're coming in as a director for hire and already the show is going to, I mean, you've done, we've talked about this. Sometimes directors go into shows that are well-oiled machines and the actors, you know, I have a student, I have many students who are leads of shows, but one I'm thinking of in particular, the show was on for five years and shot in Vancouver. And, yeah. you know, she was like, it's kind of director proof. All the actors kind of knew what they were doing. So yeah. when a director, a new director was brought on the set, it wasn't, it's not like they didn't listen to the director, but they just kind of did their own thing. And, yeah. you know, so like, and then I, I had cast her in my movie and, she was just like, oh my God, it was so fun to work with me, I guess, because she's like, I got to be directed again. You know, most actors like to be directed. Right, yes. I mean, it. you know, it's, I've enjoyed it. And I think, I think in the last few years, it's gone well for me because I love actors. I mean, I just really do. And because I want to work with them and I want to throw ideas in the pot and, and I feel like a lot of them have been starved of direction and sort of yeah. left their own devices. Um, so yeah, it, it you know it's just um, you know there are actors who don't want direction and they've been doing it for ten years and they don't want to change. So you know you kind of have to walk away from those people. You know if you're an episodic director. Well, what do you do when that happens? Like, how do you find a way to make it work? Um. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you hope for the best, prepare for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You just, you know, you try, you know, you just like, you just love them more. You love them and you like support them. And because if I try and push them into something that they're not happy about, it's not going to work anyway. So I have to adapt and find a way, you know, of, of pulling the best out of that person and to tell the story to try and tell the story how I think it should be told but sometimes you win some you lose some you know (laughs) yeah it's it it, I mean it is interesting how some actors who kind of know what they do well yeah might really be is even maybe unconscious but we've talked about this like intimidated by or not wanting to go to other places you know what I mean Yes, I think like, you know, I do really enjoy working sometimes with the younger, um, newer actors because they really want to like get in, stuck into like, what is the backstory or play a few games or, you know, just Explore. do improv. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like, you know, you know, like a sort of 
and this is a gross generalization, but a 70 year old actor who's been doing it all his life is like, oh God, I, I don't want to do drama school. I did that. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, and then you're just like, okay, sorry. And you step back, you step back. Cause if they're not up for it, they're not up for it, you know? Yeah. Have you ever had an actor where you've come up and you're like, hey, let's try it this way. And they've been like, no. Um, yes, I have. Yes. But, when I, but then what I, that was when I very, when I first started and what I learned to do that when I had something different, I learned to just go um, and talk to the actors privately before the scene and have a chat about my ideas. And then it would become, uh, we'd build on each other's ideas. Maybe they don't like my, my idea, but maybe they have another idea because I like to, I'm quite big on behavior and activities because that's something that I can really bring that, you know, to the story, which isn't written in the script and it can sort right. of elevate the scene and just make it more natural. And, you know, and then you can sort of do like little micro blocking with, you know, someone pushing a glass away or something like that, which expresses what's going on internally. Um, so yeah, because I sort of realized recently that um, directing is all about illustrating visually what's going in what's going on in the hearts and souls of people. And it just has taken me all these years to realize that that is what I wanna do and love doing. Well, I think it's also, I'm just looking something up here for a second, but I think it's also what you just said is a very PC way of, of helping the actor think that they came up with the idea themselves. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. mean, a little bit, but I, I mean, and that sometimes happens with actors at a certain level of yeah. notoriety or, you know, career fame or whatever. But I think what what you're talking about engaging in behavior or living between the lines is kind of what I call it, right? Because anybody, any trained actor can say the lines a certain way, but it doesn't really make a character interesting. What makes somebody interesting is the stuff that they're bringing to it, whether it's you know, what their personality, their essence, but also, yes, sometimes freeing them up by having them drink a cup of coffee and then that creates more instinct or, but yeah. I was thinking of, oh, we were, I, I don't know if I told you because you had gone, uh, I think you'd already left for London, but I interviewed Chelsea Harris on here. Oh, on yeah. yeah. And we haven't released that podcast yet, but, but, um, but she was talking about the or the scene where you threw an orange at her and made her peel the orange right before she was supposed to start this big, huge fight, she said. And she said it freed her up and gave her so much insight into the character and herself and how she wanted to play it, which I think is, yeah, and it gave a whole new level to the scene. So that's that kind of what you're talking happy. about. That yeah. makes me so happy because I thought she peeled that orange like no, like the best way an orange could possibly have ever been peeled. She did it so sort of casually, but also considering and what, you know, what was about to come. She was brilliant. I loved working with her. She's amazing. But Clara, but the, the thing is, 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 it's true though. Like, right. It's in life. If I were to get an orange right now and I'm in my own head thinking about my life and my struggles or my worries about someone or whatever, I would be peeling the orange with that thinking process. And I think, I think the big aha for actors that I'm always teaching and our studios are all about is like, again, it's not so much the lines because the lines are already there, right? It's, it's the thinking 
being process that takes us to the lines that then makes the lines stand out. It makes the lines become something more than just a line. Because yeah. like life, like right now we have thoughts based on I'm remembering memories or I'm, th I'm seeing you and I at the Pete's coffee and like it, it's generating what I have to say. Yeah. But, but because actors are taught to memorize the lines and then say the lines, they sometimes err at the side of, of oh, their own humanity is lost in that, uh, yes, that yes. exercise. Yeah, because sometimes it becomes too simple. Like, what do I want? I want this one thing or whatever. And, and what I struggle with is like, you know, the great actors, you know, how you get that they, you know, do one scene opposite someone and they love and they hate that person. Like how you can't direct someone to love and hate someone at the same time. The only thing that I do now is like, okay, play the scene like you absolutely love them, play the scene like you absolutely hate them. And then something, the third time, something bubbles out from that. That's right. No, that's, that's really great. It's like sometimes it's about trying it in one extreme or the other. And you know, like in class, that might be something that we would do. Let's try it like this. I actually did that yesterday with something. Let's try it like this. And then you throw them away and then play it quote unquote straight and then see where all the stuff that you did in the one, the first and the second attempt, it does come together. Yeah. It's like really like, and then it's sort of the process becomes about trusting that the multiplicity of who we are or the complexity of who we are starts to like emanate, you know? Yeah, yes. yeah it's, it's you know, also, I don't know, I think sometimes some actors just have this ability to be that full as well. You know, for some actors, it's about evoking it. And for other actors, it's just, I think they exist in these worlds of, they've just got a lot going on in their internal stuff. And then yes. it reads, you know what I mean? Yes, because sometimes it is just, as you say, it's the essence of a human being. And it's just yeah. that... And if you can just, you know, sit there and peel an orange and make a cup of tea or whatever it is, it just comes across. And and it's also the ability, I think, you know, it to trust and and the, it's also, you know, the, the technical ability to know to do so little in a big close up and to to be aware of like how your physicality is going to be reading in a big, big wide, you know. Yeah. 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 So do you when you work a scene, do you start, how do you work? Do you work with all of your wide stuff first and then start moving in or? Yeah, I tend to start wide and move in, but sometimes if it's an intense scene, I start close and ah, move. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then move out, uh-huh. Because you feel. You know, it just, yeah, if an actor is sort of ready, like I was working with a young actor and I could just see this all, he had to do, you know, he had to shoot someone and, 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 he, it was just, it was all there. Do you know what I mean? And it was pouring out of him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I've got to get this because it's always yeah. going to get too much very soon. So we just uh, went. Uh -huh. Or it might dry up. You know, that's the other yeah. thing. You know, yeah. I just, I read something. Um, oh God, where, where I, it doesn't matter where I read it. But for one of, there was one scene in um, um, yeah, Mank. Oh yeah. And they literally, they shot one scene. It took them an entire week to shoot one scene. They did over a hundred takes. 
something insane over this one. I should have written it down because I did find it. I just was like, oh my God, David Fincher, like ha- the, a- the challenge for the actor of like, I think it was an interview with, um, 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 who was the lead of that? Um, um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah. I think he was saying, you know, he's like, because Gary Oldman's worked with everybody. And he's like, you know, some directors I've worked with, we'd get it in one or two takes and you move on. And then I'm just paraphrasing. But then I think he did say, this one scene, yeah, they they literally had like a page scene and it they shot it over a week. I oh mean, my God, I've got to look that up. I want to see which, I've seen the movie and I want to see which scene that is. Uh, yeah, look it up and then maybe text me because yeah. just for our listeners, I mean, imagine a page or two, a page and a half, let's say, of a scene and a week of shooting. So every day you have like 12 hours. <laughs> to shoot like two pages or something that's a that 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 is that's a lot it's, meaning that that's really hard on the actor in a way because there's only so many it's not that we can't keep finding something new and everything but you definitely like you just said the example of somebody going wide to close up or close up to wide some actors the more they do it i i maintain this is my philosophy of working with actors. Oftentimes the first time is the best because yeah. it's the most raw. It's the most out of their head. And even though it might be messy and there may be more mistakes, it's the most authentic because yeah. depending on the actor's training, a lot of times then actors try to go back and recreate the thing that just happened that then starts to create more and more of a falsity. Yeah. So, I mean, David Fincher is notorious for doing like a hundred takes of a tiny yeah. little thing. Yeah, yeah. right. I, mean, I just always think that they do that because they want to like, you know, because like, it's just exhausting. So by the hundredth one, like you're exhausted. So it just comes out, whatever. I don't know. I can't see any reason to do a hundred takes. I think it's just crazy, but you know, Fincher is amazing, but I wonder if it would be just as amazing without, with 50 takes. Well, I think it's also like, I mean, David Fincher's process might also be that of control. Like he can really, if you have a hundred takes of something, then you can go in and in the editing room, you really have carte blanche, right? Because, and, but I think it's also interesting, like, I also read, this is weirdly enough, coincidentally, a, a piece about it was a piece about Jodie Foster, but they were talking about like, she, she takes a lot of she doesn't work as much as an actor and she's interested in other stuff. And she's talked about how she, before the Mauritanian, she hadn't done a movie in like five years or something, I think, or it's been a while. Right. And she was just saying like, you know, acting for her has always been like a very interesting, weird process. And, but she was saying she worked with David Fincher on, um, um, what was the one, the, where she hides herself with Kristen Stewart in the uh, panic room. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And a group. And this was this article I read about her in the New York Times. So she was talking about all of her, a lot of her roles and working with different directors. And then she recounted when she did a scene with David Fincher and they did it over and over and over again. And then David Fincher called her over uh, to Video Village to have her look at playback. And he's like, which do you think is better? Take one. And he played it or take five. And she literally said to him, she's like, you're sick. It's all the same. You're <laughs> sick. There is no. T- <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, good for you, Jody. Because, like, sometimes what we think we see in a difference of a take is imperceptible. And most people would not 
99.999% of people would never know the difference between one take or the other. Yes, I agree. I mean, when I started, I mean, even with short films, like I used to do like between 12 and 20 takes. I thought when I was at film school, I thought that's what we should do. Like, if you're a good director, that's what you do, you know? And then, you know, then I started working in TV. And, 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 but then also I started editing and realized it was usually between one and three or one and five, everything after, I, it, it, I don't think it ever got better, you, uh, know, or diff, you know, or changed sufficiently that, you know, add, you know, gave it something else to play with. So, I mean, there's one actress I'm, I worked with recently and her third take was always just brilliant. Do you know what I mean? So she just like warmed up on one and two and then on three, it's just every time. Really Isn't it interesting, like the whole alchemy of it all and like, you know, or what you think works and then you look back and you're like, oh, that other take worked for X, Y, Z or, you know what I mean? Or it's a hodgepodge or I had a client in London just before COVID, I was there coaching her on set and she was doing really great. It was her first big movie and she's the lead in it. But, but we laughed because she was working with a lot of all stars and mm -hmm. she would watch how they would work, right? And like one of her co-stars would do a take and she would ask the director, she's like, I just want to do a run of it. So if the line was like, get out, I need private time. She would do it like, get out, I need private time. Get out, I need private time. Get out, I need private time. She would just run sections over and over and over again with the tape rolling, right? So that's how she worked. And then this other woman, I don't remember how she worked, but she kind of did something like improvisational leading up, which is great, but leading up into her tax or whatever. So my client decided on the second day, she was just in her head. She's like, Tony, maybe I should try it like blah, blah, blah. And like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, that's their way. I think we have found your way, but go ahead. So sure enough, <laughs> she tried it like these other two actresses and it was a total disaster for her. And so she learned, and I think that's the point for actors to trust, just like Claire has her own, you know, methodology and technique and way of working and finding it. So does every actor, right? Frances McDormand finds it her way. Like, you know, everybody yeah. finds it. Meryl Streep finds it her way. Like, you just got to trust your own process. Totally, totally. But kudos her for her for trying out the different ways to That's see true. if it worked, you know. I That's mean, right. yeah. I mean, what, what I do what really does work sometimes is just doing a series um but not like you know three words but a series of of the scene so yes. run it you know and it just helps to not have makeup hair everyone jump in you know and it's just it feels like by the time you do it a second time everyone's in the scene already yeah yeah, yeah. today's podcast episode is sponsored by we audition Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. Um... Claire, on, on on Game of Thrones prequel, whatever it's called, sorry, it's House of Dragons. <laughs> yeah. What's the official name? Is it going to be G-O-T? House of the Dragon. Just House of Dragons. Will yeah. it be multi-camera or do you use single camera? Like, well, do you single camera style, but we will have two, three, or sometimes four because 
you know. So you do have, so you're getting coverage with so many different cameras. That's what I meant. Like, I didn't mean like, is a multi-cam or, but yeah, I, yeah. I was just gonna say like, we'll, so always, yeah. we'll always have two cameras Whoa. and third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So you're covering the scene. So you're blocking for your camera, but then a, a B and C camera are also covering like a wide shot and it's just moving everything much faster. I mean, it's, it's it's also just getting the different angles. So we, yeah. we'll do wide shots with two cameras, you know, like there might be a top yeah. shot, low angle wide shot, or just a wide shot or something, you know, and then we'll move in. And it just means like we won't cross shoot, but we could do, you know, a profile at the same time as we do, you know, right. and or whatever. Yeah. Those different angles to play with. Yeah. It really is expedites things doesn't it? it also just gives yeah. you a lot more coverage and a lot less time in the editing room yeah. um but yeah. it's also interesting too because like i mean maybe with something like that kind of show you need all of that because it's so production heavy but like if i look at something like nomadland or i look at a lot of movies that i really really love it's like single camera and mm -hmm. a lot of it is handheld which depending on a storytelling you know to just be right up there with the actor is so driven by the actor it's like i don't know i love it yes i mean i um i had a situation on a show recently in mexico and um some covid like there was a little bit of a covid situation and they said you, you know you, we had three days left to shoot and they said um you know you're gonna have to finish at 6 30 a.m we're gonna have to cut scenes and it was all in the same location and I was like, I can't cut any scenes. Like there was an exploding bus. So we just thought we'll do that in post. We won't explode that bus, but we literally got two cameras up. Well, you know, we got actually one, we were on one camera on a gimbal and basically just following the actors. And I was saying, grab that, do that. It was like the most fun I've had. And we shot the whole thing. It was for Apple TV. And they were so happy with it, you know, like we did it. And so it's always all possible. And there's something yeah. really interesting about working in that way. Yeah, it's very kind of raw and freeing at the same time. And and I also, it, it, to me, I love handheld because it feels, like I said, more actor driven. Like it's really about performance. Yeah. And the actor having to have, you know, those moments. Yeah. Because like, as you just said, like getting all kinds of coverage which is also a part of it but but boy you go into editing and you can really carve out yeah. you yeah. know what i mean if it's I mean, not working yeah you can really do it and but i love mixing it up you know a really beautifully designed and composed shot you know with the architecture of the room and then going in handheld you know they right. yeah, for sure can't just mix it up like that but you can like people are so familiar with the language of cinema now That's you know right. yeah what the hell you like really yeah. well yeah i mean i think it's storytelling has changed so much right like there is a fluidity nowadays that maybe even 10 years ago you couldn't do that kind of stuff but you know um so wow okay yeah it's really interesting like even jumping the line sometimes nowadays, people do it all the time. Like it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Totally. My um, showrunner on a show was just like, jump the line, feel free, do what you want. Like we want this to be visceral. We want to feel like we're in there. You know, I'm like, uh -huh. great. You know, especially what? to get permission from your showrunner. Like, ah, I'm good. What show was that? Uh, I can't actually say. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm not allowed to talk about this show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, Claire's done a lot of you'll you Claire's done a lot of shows. You'll you can look up her her credits on IMDb and you'll see. But like Snowpiercer is is a bit like that as well, right? It's very yeah. it's aggressive and and action. So yeah. there is that aspect of it. Yeah, um, I had a really great uh, producer director on that called Christoph Shrew. And um, he, you know, was there for season two and, you know, he really empowered me and it was really interesting to work in those tiny spaces. Um, but, you know, and, and he was really like, you know, we want to be with the characters all the time, you know, when they're running, we want to run with them, you know, when, you know, and it, and I really enjoyed that job because it was just, he really developed a clear style for um, that season and, and it was interesting and free, you know, it's always, freeing to have some parameters <laughs> yeah. yeah then you can really play so claire when you're gonna start in july and then how long are you gonna be there for till december he's a wheeze i know we're like oh, we're, cross, but we're cross shooting everything so all you know there's two teams of crew and um three directors doing three episodes each and one director doing one episode and so the actors might be doing you know episode uh, a scene from episode two in the morning and a scene from episode eight in the afternoon because it's all wow. in one location so it's, it's location based right yeah it's really challenging for the actors i think so like that's yeah. you know the, the first thing i do is like where have they been and where are they going <laughs> Yeah, you have to track all that. I mean, the actor does too. If they're, oh, we're shooting, you know, scene three, episode one. And then this afternoon after lunch, we're shooting the finale. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, that's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to really be focused. Yeah. And it's hard for the actors because I, you know, I don't know, sometimes, you know, as much as actors do their work beforehand, I do know that sometimes you know, you've come on set and you're like, you know, you've got to be someone else. And all of that can suddenly go out of the window because of the stress of being on set and stuff. So that's why I just feel, you know, I basically is whenever an actor, whenever an actor asks me where they've been and where they're going, and I'm able to answer them quickly, they love me for the rest of the shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Me, you know? But it's just like they want to know that someone's got their back in that way. Yeah, of course. I mean, that would be scary because if the driver were like, I don't know, let's go find out. You know what I mean? But I also would think that that's really hard for like uh, costume and makeup because like continuity wise, they have to remember the journey because that's people yeah. forget all that is a big part of, of sort of long form storytelling where characters go on long journeys, right? And you're like, oh God. They're, they're not supposed to be wearing that helmet with horns in the scene, you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. I mean, they probably take the, the most copious notes. I would not want that job. Yes, really. That would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> because it's also a big cast, right? It's like a big cast. Yeah. That would be a lot. Yes, yes. That would yeah. be stressful, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so then, oh, go ahead. No, we've just got a great cast and it's all been announced. So we've got people like, you know, Olivia Cook, Reese Evans, Paddy Cossadine, um, just a bunch of great people. It's quite, uh, you know, very exciting. 
And so they're there for as long as well, right? They're there for this whole year as well, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. It's a big commitment. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? Like that, that's the thing too. Like some jobs can take an actor a year to make, right? Yeah. It's a big commitment. Yeah. And then it goes on, you know, how many seasons it continues on for. Yeah. If it's a success, you're like, you're signing your life away a little bit for it. Yeah. It just goes to show you like everything in life is like, I don't know, hits and misses, victories. Like, like that Joni Mitchell song, you know, uh, which I love, like uh, Both Sides Now, where you win or you gain and lose something every day because even though it's beautiful to be working, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. But it's also like, look, you're not with Martin for the next, he may yeah. come and visit, but it's yeah. challenging, right? It yeah. just goes to show you, it's like there are sacrifices that need to be made. You know, it's, it's yeah. really interesting. Our business is really interesting. It is, it is. And it, yeah, you know, it, it is, you know, I miss my daughter, like, you know, you know, who's 16, I'm away from her. I mean, she will come out for a bit. Um, but you know, it's like you have to, you have to dive into life, and yes, you do. You have to experience it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it any other. But way. I also think, I also think, Claire, it's interesting for actors too because it speaks to how, or directors like yourself, how you're not up for a lot of jobs either because now you're committed now, right? So like, if an actor, you know, I'm always saying like during pilot season or whatever, if an actor, which I always have found to be. It's, it's really, um, you know, I feel like sometimes the, the rules, quote unquote, that are set up during pilot season, maybe that's changing now, but oftentimes have worked against the actor, right? Because like if they have a show, they're waiting to hear if it's going to get picked up, but they can't go out for other things. It's really not fair. It's not, it's keeping actors from working. And so, I don't know, I think all of it is really challenging based on the decisions actors have to make, right? Like... Yeah, I guess I'm I'm sharing. Okay. Go I, ahead. That, I know. I just hope all that pilot season thing has changed. It does seem to be changing. You know what with Netflix and Apple and everyone just diving in, and some not even doing right. pilots. I just it just seemed crazy when I came to LA and I realized that's what was happening. It's like what everyone doing at the same time? Why? <laughs> I know. I know. I think it has changed. I mean, there was a pilot season this year, though. But right. But it has it has changed and it's become more fluid and it happens all year long now. Mm -hmm. But I guess I guess the point I wanted to make about this for the listeners is also just like that. I think I think sometimes we think just because actors have made it, whatever that means, or they're famous, or you know they've broken through, that there aren't the same challenges that you face when you're starting off. They are; they're just different, right? Yeah. They just—it's just life in a way. Yeah. And I yeah. and I see, you know, actors who've been doing it for years are just just absolutely as nervous as the person who's got their first job. You know, it's just. Everyone, you know, I was listening to Sam Mendes talk about directing and how nervous he was before he starts a job. And it just makes me feel better. I mean, if you're nervous, oh it makes you excited. Steven Spielberg talks about even after how many movies has he made, every time he's about to start a movie, he's like, can I do this? You know what I mean? So you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
any let, let's just we're going to go into our speed round here in a minute because this this time is going by so fast but claire any like any advice you'd give actors you know based on let's say a a zoom session did you have zoom sessions or was that more for this the producers did for these roles yeah, so, i mean i you know i did a few but you know the main actors were already cast um i mean oh god i mean it's just so difficult just I mean it's just the most obvious thing but just trust yourself trust that you are who you are and you may or may not fit this role and, it's, and if you don't get it it's nothing to do with who you are really <laughs> like it's it's to do you know it's just so weird as a director you have ideas about a character you know and they're just unique to you they're not right or wrong so I just think just stick at it and trust yourself and go for it yeah I mean, it sounds so basic and simple in a way it is, right? It's just yeah. numbers though, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. numbers plus longevity, plus perseverance, plus you just cannot give up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, give I, up. I didn't work, you know, I've, I've worked nonstop in the last five years, but I didn't work for about six years. I, I really thought I was gonna get a job in a cafe because I just, I couldn't get hired. And then now I'm <laughs> the same people that wouldn't hire me, you know, want to hire me it's just so weird <laughs> i'm the same person. i know isn't it crazy yeah or 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 the guy who wrote uh and directed minari you know his story is beautiful because he'd only done i mean i think he had done a feature but but they were not successful he'd done a lot of shorts he'd mostly oh. done shorts and then he decided he was packing it up and going to move back to seattle because he's married and has a kid and was like you know, I guess what I could work on is being a better father or something like that. Like being like, you know, let's spend yeah. time with my family. And then I think, I don't, I don't know how Minari happened. I got to look that up. But, but I had read that where he then had like just this opportunity and, but I, I, I always, I'm always like, well, maybe I should just quit the business then maybe then like, <laughs> cause you always hear like Harrison Ford was a carpenter and then he was ready to quit. Like everybody's ready to quit. But I also think that's like when you give up control and that's why it kind of happens. Right. I agree because that's when I was like, I was thinking I, I, I'd lost the joy of it. And then I started writing uh, this pilot double life of Amy Freeman. And weirdly, even though that hasn't been made yet, that's what got me new agent, new manager and everything because I was like at rock bottom and I was like, okay, I'm just going to write my heart out on something I actually really care about. And then, you know, people smell that. <laughs> yeah. It's just really like being on our own journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, Claire, I'm, it's like, I, I just, I'm glad that we've stayed in touch and friends for so long because I admire you and respect you so much. And I've, I've loved spending some COVID with masks on time with you and Martin during, uh, you know, the, our quarantined year and, and just seeing your successes has been really great after all these years. Oh, um, so nice to know you all these years as well. You're an inspiration. Uh, yeah. Well, let's do, so Claire, let's do a speed round now. Oh, what's that? Oh God. It's just <laughs> now just like, it's just, I always like hit the buzzer before you know the answer. Okay. I'll okay. Try. There's no wrong answer. You're gonna be fine. If you weren't a writer director, what would you be? Um, a social Come on, Claire. Social worker. A social worker. Wow. Okay. Did you go to school for that? No. No. I don't know. What did you go to? You what? I don't know why I said that. It just came out. You want to do over? 
<laughs> no, no, I like people. I want to, I like human, human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. What's your favorite <laughs> film of all time or just favorite film? Um, Au Revoir Les Enfants by Louis Mal. It's, it's a, just a beautiful movie. Or Three Colors Blue by Kislovsky. I love that film. Oh, I don't know that movie. I'm going to write, I loved Louis Mal. Louis Mal was, actually that movie was just on uh, recently. I was going to record it to watch it again, but I'd seen it. It's about the friendship with the two boys, right? Yeah. And it's just like, there's just one moment in the whole film where he does something, I don't know what, I don't want to spoil it for people. <laughs> oh, um, I, you can, you can. He just gives it. away his friend with one look. And that whole film hinges on that one look. That. Because it, it for, for the audience who doesn't know, it takes place during World War II or just before World War yeah. II in Paris, right? Or somewhere in, right? Well, but wherever the case, and it's about a, 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 a schoolboy friendship between a Jewish boy and his like Aryan German friend. Yeah. 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 Wow. What was the, it's really a beautiful movie. What was the name of that other movie you just said? Um, it's blue. It's on the Three Colors trilogy. Oh, um, okay. Yes, I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, it's Juliette Binoche and her. I've seen it. Her. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, also, I a long that. time ago. But yeah. yeah, that that trilogy was really amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Worth... Kislovsky. He did. Um, you, you don't see them that often, but it's a series of short films called The Decalogue, as well. It's really worth watching. Claire, the Decalogue to me was that movie changed my life. I don't know where you can get it nowadays. Yeah. I saw it. So the Decalogue was uh, this Polish filmmaker who you're talking about. And it's 10 hours and it's one that each movie is one hour and it takes place in all in and around this Warsaw apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And it is to me one of the most amazing I was obsessed with that movie. That movie kind of made me want to transition from theater directing into film. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's, the, you know, the acting, it's really, you know, amazing to see. Incredible, it's incredible. I remember when I saw, this was, I had a, a short film. This was around the time I was kind of moving into film. I had a short film that premiered at Provincetown uh, Film Festival, right? Which is a really great film festival. But I was such a film nerd. I spent most of my time in Provincetown, which is like such a like gay beach resort. Like, you know, I spent most of my time in my air or my, my bed and breakfast watching an episode of the Decalogues. <laughs> That's how I spent my time, my summertime and a gay beach. Okay. Brilliant. I love you for that. <laughs> love that you reference those movies. Um, what's one thing you can't do without? Water. <laughs> oh my God. Claire, these are so practical. Oh my God. You're reminding people to stay hydrated. A good book. A good book. Who's, who's your celebrity crush? It can be a man or a woman. Oh God. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I love Ryan Gosling. Uh, uh, what scares you the most? Closed spaces. Oh, are you claustrophobic? I mean, I'm not claustrophobic, but I don't like to be stuck in a lift. <laughs> that would be claustrophobic. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> but who likes
likes to be stuck in a lift. Nobody likes to be stuck in a lift. That's claustrophobia. <laughs> um, right. what's, what advice would you have for your younger self? Just believe in yourself. And um, I think just believe in yourself and stick with it. And, and you know, I, I guess what I, I didn't feel seen and that's what cinema did for me when I saw people, I felt like, I felt, uh, uh -huh. well, I don't know, I, get, I mean, I guess I felt not really seen and a bit alone. And my company is called You Are Not, Not Alone Pictures. And sometimes, you know, just going to see films made me feel less alone, you know? And I think uh. that's what it does for everybody. You know, you think, oh, I'm just like this and no one else is like me. And then you see the movies and you see there's a bunch of people just like you. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. said. Yes, it's true. I love the name of your company. Uh, how would you describe acting in one word? Reacting. I agree. Acting is reacting. Diana Ross said that, right? John Wayne said that. A lot of a lot of actresses acting is reacting. I mean, and I know how would you? I know that because I you... say that as well. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. We're reacting off of each other. That's all we're doing, right? Yeah. Um, and what is your definition of love? Oh, God. <laughs> definition of love. Oh, my God. I guess it's seeing the other person fully. Oh, beautiful. I always say my definition of love is just this moment. What's right your now. definition of love? <laughs> My definition of love is just this moment right now. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> so Claire, where can everybody find you? I'm frozen again. Oh, am I freezing? Well, then it must be our time is up. You just froze there as well. Yeah, I'm just on um, Instagram, just my name. Um, and um... At Claire Kilner, K-I-L-N-E-R-C-L-A-R-E. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know your own. How to spell your own name, I love it. She's at Claire Kilner, C-L-A-R-E-K-A-L-N-E-R. -E -E yes. <laughs> That's and you can, you can see a lot of the shows uh, Claire has directed beautifully, including Snowpiercer, season two of, of The Alienist, which Claire and I were texting during, which I enjoyed very much. And I guess coming out in 2022. House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. And Mosquito our, Coast. Mosquito oh, Mosquito Coast. Coast. That's out right. With Justin Theroux. I loved doing that job. It was amazing. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. So is that is that the TV version of that movie? Yes, it's a TV, TV, TV version. We've got seven. We did seven or eight episodes. Wow. Okay. It'll, it'll develop from there. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, Claire, for being here. Best of luck with Thank the directing, you. it's gonna be amazing. Thank you, Tony, lovely to speak to you. Take care. Thanks for listening to In The Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job.